And now, from the Save on Foods Wines of British Columbia studios, it's BC Food and Wine Radio. Now, here's Anthony Gismondi. Hello, British Columbia, wherever you are, joining us on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Uh, many, many areas uh, covered in snow this week and a lot of wineries scrambling to get the last few grapes off the vine. Shouldn't be a big issue, but of course it's much tougher to harvest in the snow than in, uh, if there is no snow. So people are working hard to uh, finish up the 2022 harvest and uh, move on. You know, I wrote this week, a lot of people say, oh, well, that's it. The harvest is over. Well, the, actually, the vintage is over. It's just begun. Uh, now all of those grapes uh, have a lot of things that have to happen to them in the next three months in the winery. So nobody's going on holidays. They'll be uh, crushing grapes. They'll be stirring uh, barrels. They'll be, uh, you know, rolling barrels and, and racking wines back and forth. A lot of action going on, blending wines. Uh, all the normal work of a winemaker now uh, will get uh, fired up in the next three months. And then maybe uh, in January or February we can start to talk a little bit about uh, the vintage that is 2022. Looks pretty good at this point, but, uh, you know, you got to wait until it's in the bottle. Now, on today's show... Taylor Whelan, winemaker Cedar Creek, and Neil Taylor. He's the executive chef uh, at Home Block Restaurant, which is now uh, really one of the best restaurants in the Okanagan Valley and certainly one of the top restaurants in Kelowna and busy on all uh, nights of the year. You need a rezzo to get in. They're going to join us on the show and uh, give us some ideas about what to expect uh, during the fall and winter at Cedar Creek Winery. Of course, voted the top winery in Canada this year at the National Wine Awards. So we look forward to that. Then we're going to head south, way south, down to Oliver and uh, catch up with Kaylee Barr. She's the assistant winemaker at Checkmate Winery. Uh, we haven't checked in there for a while, and we want to talk about some of their outstanding Chardonnays and Merlots with Kaylee and uh, what we can expect uh, coming out, new releases, etc., coming out of Checkmate Winery. And if you haven't been there, it's really one of the best places to visit in the South Okanagan now. Spectacular setting uh, for you to taste the wines, incredible views, and, of course, uh, outstanding wines. It's always fun to catch up with Jack Kemp. She's a winemaker at Therapy Vineyards, and we're going to talk about uh, her sparkling wines today as we get ready for the holiday season. She's got a couple of fantastic sparkling wines that she's been uh, pulling together for the Boyd family out at Therapy's uh, Silhouette Vineyards. So we'll sort all that out. But up next, Sandra Ofield, Elysium Projects uh, Wine and Tourism Business Consultant, joins us. Of course, Sandra, uh, known to many of you as the CEO and president over at Tinhorn Creek for so many years, has her own consulting business now. And we're going to talk about some of the challenges of hiring and keeping uh, wine uh, personnel uh, post-pandemic. So, And we're going to talk on both sides. If you're interested in getting a job at the winery, or you're interested in hiring somebody and keeping them at the winery, we're going to look at those issues. All that and more coming up. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio. I'm Anthony Gismondi, and we are set to go. There's more to come. This is BC Food and Wine Radio with Anthony Gismondi. Attention winers and diners. Happy Hour at the Modest Butcher is back. Stop in for $5 wine, beer, and savings on craft cocktails and tasty bites every day from 2 till 5 p.m. during Modest Happy Hour. 
But wait, there's more. Tommy and Tannen Tuesdays are also making a comeback. Get your first bottle of select Mount Boucherie wine for just five bucks when you order their juicy tomahawk ribeye with all the fixings every Tuesday night. The Modest Butcher at Mount Boucherie Estate Winery. Modestbutcher.com Gentle hills and secluded valleys, an ideal climate, and modern vineyard management. These are the foundations used to create Einzweiss Zero Sparkling Riesling from Lights. Made with the same grapes and care that go into their award-winning regular Rieslings, Einzweiss Zero captures the important natural aromas and remarkable properties of the terroir while still being refreshing, delicious, and absolutely alcohol-free. Einzweiss Zero Sparkling Riesling from Lights. For details, visit softcrush.ca. Take your wine appreciation to the next level and become a rebel. Welcome to the Rebel Club at Liber Farm and Winery. As a Rebel member, you'll enjoy a regular shipment of exemplary Liber wines for your cellar, along with complimentary tastings and VIP treatment at the winery and more. And with the ease and convenience of online ordering, your wine will be shipped straight to your door. Discover more at LiberFarm.com. Simply great wines. The most exciting club in the Okanagan is Summer Hills Organic Wine Club. When you become a member, you'll receive 24 bottles per year of sommelier-curated organic wines. Enjoy preferred pricing and free delivery. Plus, members earn double gratitude points, which gives 20% of each order back in your pocket. Get insider information on Summer Hill's new releases and special events. Enjoy the flavors of Summer Hill. Join the Organic Wine Club at summerhill.bc.ca. From the Save on Foods Wines of British Columbia Studios, it's BC Food and Wine Radio. Now, here's Anthony Gismondi. Hello, British Columbia, and welcome to all 20 stations on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. A special shout out to all veterans across the province as we celebrate. Remembrance Day this weekend. Our guest is Sandra Oldfield. She's calling from Oliver. Her company, Elysium Projects, is a consultancy for the wine and tourism sector. She's also the conference coordinator for Fortified, a conference and trade show for artisanal distillers and fermenters, which is coming up November 15th in Penticton. Uh, you sound pretty busy, Sandra. Uh, you don't seem to have any trouble finding work to do. No, it's been very busy. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, well, we we want to pick your brain today. We we hear so much about what's going on in the wine business about people, uh, you know, not having enough people for jobs. Uh, and, but we're kind of interested in 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 your take on what is going on in the sector. Uh, you know, maybe starting from is it a good time to get to enter the wine industry? And I, I'd like to talk about it from both sides. So if I'm if I'm a kid or someone looking to get into the industry, what what kind of advice can we go? And then if you're trying to hire somebody uh, on the other side of the desk, wh- what are some of the things you have to think about? Well, it is definitely a good time. There's a lot of opportunity out there, a lot of new wineries, a lot of wineries that are switching hands and are looking, you know, for different um, staff. But mm-hmm. if you are somebody looking for a job, my advice is always, you know, know what it is you're looking for and interview the, the employer the same way they're interviewing you because yeah. right now they're hiring very quickly if you have a pulse and that doesn't <laughs> always work out well with um, with onboarding and, and with a good fit. So I always try and tell people who are applying to the wine industry to 
you know, come with their own set of questions. You know, who am I, who's going to be my boss? What is my work day going to look like? Are you going to be calling me on my weekends off? Things like that. Because if one thing Mm -hmm. COVID has taught us is that the wineries need to start, you know, working with a bit more balance in people's lives. Yeah. Uh, From the winery standpoint, for sure, they want, you know, they want to make sure that they've got their systems in place that, you know, they that they've defined the job that they're looking for. They're hiring the the right person if they go out there professionally and yeah. put out a, a really professional job that they're going to get a great swack of people applying for it. Yeah, you well, uh, obviously you, you you ran a winery for so many years. Uh, what what? How would you describe a job at a winery uh, as opposed to you know a job in a restaurant or a job as an accountant or whatever? What what are the sort of moving parts of a job at, at a winery that you you should well, know about yeah. going in? Well, first of all, I mean all those jobs that you just talked about exist at wineries. So if you're an accountant, they're absolutely looking for you. I can guarantee that it's one of the most uh, sought after positions right now in BC. If you are, um, you know, somebody who works with the public, well, there's going to be a place for you there as well as, you know, in production or in the vineyard or management, anything like that. But, you know, I think, you know, really there, what you need to know is that the majority of wineries are, are, our family run and that's code word for under under capacity like they don't have enough capacity and so they're trying to do an awful lot sometimes too much um and then they're expecting their workers to just put in that 100 percent, 190 percent extra effort but again like at some point someone's going to break and so you really have to figure out you know, can I do less with the same amount of people, but still be really effective? And, and that's really what, you know, what we're trying to get people to think about it is, um, do you have to do everything or can you just, you know, can you focus on the things that you do really well, hire the right amount of staff for that, and then, you know, give them some, some balance and flexibility in their lives. Our guest is Sandra Ofield, Elysium Projects Wine and Tourism Business Consultant and Conference Coordinator for Fortify. We're talking about jobs in the wine industry. Uh, I, I, I look at it from a very small point of view when I'm thinking about, yeah, you know what, I need, I need some information on your wines and it's, it's 11 o'clock mm-hmm. at night. Uh, so if it's on the web, I'm good to go. But somebody has to get it up there and realize, and, and, and then maybe they don't have to work till midnight. That's right. And so, again, what, what happens quite often in this industry is that we all see the, the cool things, the, the very flashy, glamorous things that other yeah. people are doing. And, and we put a lot of effort towards those, but we don't have the basics down yet, like updating our website, you know, basic email campaigns, making sure um, things are tight. So, you know, really, that's a lot of what Fortify does is try and get the, the attendees to think about the basics again. Because yep. it's it's easy to be allured by, you know, the bright shiny things that are happening down in California, but um, but really at the end of the day, uh, if you're not doing the basics right, people like you just can't get the information that they need. Well, this conference is coming up. I'm wondering, like, I I I sort of would like to stand up in front of people and say, you know what, uh, the whole world is looking at the Okanagan right now. 
But is the Okanagan looking at the whole world? Because uh, often some some of these emerging wine regions are regions that are becoming very hot, like the Okanagan, the Similkameen, the Cowichan. They're not ready for the scrutiny that they're going to get. Uh, so how would you coach people to, to prepare for that? Yeah, well, again, I mean, it really does go back to basics quite a bit. I mean, at Fortify, we're trying to really get people the information on in three areas. Um, obviously, the, the whole HR and the whole employee, employee relationship role, the financial um, role of being able to run your business, you know, with some forethought and knowledge and strategy and then and then the marketing side of things and and again um i i think really honestly if we can get back to you know um the the basic right ways of doing some of these things then i think the scrutiny will be fine because the Mm -hmm. the foundation there will be right but but too often again in our industry we're we're just looking at the you know the the fluff or the you know, the yeah. exciting glamour of something. And we don't recognize the fact that, wow, that's going to cost our winery a lot of money to implement that or a ton of staff to implement that. Or, and, you know, um, so it's just better to be able to do what you know you can do really, really well. Yeah. And, and and that's what we try and get people back to. So, I mean, next year, I'm always looking for a lightning talk speaker. It's a five-minute talk. So you want to be one of mine, I will sign you up today for next year. <laughs> Happy to holler <laughs> no at anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I always feel bad giving people advice. I don't own a winery. I've never run one. But, you know, I've been in a 1,000, and I've seen a lot of stuff. So sometimes you know something. Hey, I want to... Uh, well, it's, uh, yeah, it's the point of view from being, you know, outside is so valuable, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, we still have some time, and I, I, I know that you, you were such a big proponent of wine clubs back in the day at Tinhorn Creek, uh, but after COVID, things have changed a bit, and you, you've come up with, I've been thinking about what you've been thinking about, why should I join a club, or what? how have they evolved, and how, how might uh, people in the wine business look at their club now, maybe re- even restructure it? Yes. I mean, before COVID, it was already changing because we were already shifting to so many clubs in BC the way the rest of the world has, or certainly North America has, that, you know, it's no longer like I just belong to Tinhorn Creek Wine Club or I just belong to this one wine club and maybe I'll add one more. It's much more like I'm going to, I don't want my entire cellar to look like that one winery. So I'm going to join two or three this year, and then I'm going to cancel them all. I'm going to join another two or three next year so that my cellar gets um, a lot of variety to it. Right. And and so really the name of the game is, is yeah, for sure. You'd love to be able to retain your wine club people, but if you can just shift and know that you won't, and that as long as you treat them right when they're in there and treat them right when they exit, they'll probably come back, first of all. And then the importance of, of non-club activity online has just exploded during COVID. So, you yeah. know, me just picking up the phone and calling and getting a case ordered, yeah, no, I'm not part of your club, but just send me the wine. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. And being able to do that in the middle of summer when you're also running a tasting room is really critical because that's when I want to buy wine is in the middle of summer. And, you know, quite often, again, wineries are doing one or the other because they don't have the staff to do both, but Mm. they, they just have to, they have to manage those operations differently. And, um, 
and recognize the fact that online is is not going away and it's not just for the the winter time and and it's not just for the fall and or the spring yeah. that type of thing right we're talking yeah so we're talking with San- yeah yeah we're talking with Sandra Ofield, Elysian Project Wines, and coming up, uh, Fortified, the trade show, is on November 15th. Is it too late to get in for the latecomers or any last-minute um, tickets, any advice there? Well, if they're listening to this, I'd say uh, go on fortifiedconference.ca right away because okay. chances are it's it's pretty tight. We, we are, the, for the first time this year, doing a, a wine-exclusive night at Time Winery um, with just wine content. Um, talking about trends in sales and trends in the industry with Mark Hicken and people like that. And mm-hmm. that has been sold out for a couple of weeks. Uh, but the main, the main uh, conference on the 15th in Penticton is still available. Yeah. Okay. Sandra, I know you're super busy and you're uh, rushing off to town, but thanks so much for talking to us today. And uh, good luck with the conference this week. And uh, we'll catch up with you soon. No problem. So much. Uh, really, thank you so much for your call today. No problem on our side. Sandra Oldfield, Lesian Projects, Wine and Tourism Business Consultant. This woman knows what she's talking about, folks. Uh, she's also the conference coordinator for Fortified Trade Show. Up next, we'll speak with Jack Kemp. She's a winemaker at Therapy Vineyards on the Naramata Bench. We're going to talk about her sparkling wines, which are uh, no longer a secret, but one you want to know more about. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio. I'm Anthony Gismondi. There's lots more still ahead. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Claude du Soleil makes wines that speak of the Similkamine soil where their grapes are grown and the souls of the people who call this valley their home. Winemaker Michael Clark and his team specialize in wines that blend Bordeaux grape varieties with their unique mountainous terroir. The result is wines that are elegant, ageable, and authentic. Claude du Soleil, wild places, soulful wines. Available at clodusole.ca and fine restaurants and wine stores near you. Penticton, the hub of the South Okanagan. A place to relax, take your time, enjoy our beautiful fall weather and a world-class wine and culinary scene. With over 80 wineries within a 20-minute drive, along with distilleries and cideries, eight local craft breweries, and a fantastic variety of locally sourced restaurants, Penticton is the perfect destination for a peaceful fall getaway. For details on wineries, tours, tasting room and restaurant hours, and for even more trip inspiration, head to visitpenticton.com. It's the most colorful time of the year, and the same goes for wine. At Save On Foods, fall means a shift to deep reds and fuller-bodied whites. Discover more than 1,300 BC VQA wines all in one place. And right now, pick up any four bottles at Save On Foods and get 10% off your purchase because nothing pairs with the cool air quite like a fantastic local vino. Wines of British Columbia at Save On Foods with 22 locations. Find yours at saveonfoods.com. The Maipo Valley is a -a one-of-a-kind spot for Cabernet Sauvignon. Since 1850, Carmen, the first Chilean winery, has been recognized by the most prestigious publications for their innovative capacity to produce wines with identity, while at the same time remaining open to reinvention. For Carmen, it's not enough to be first. It's about being better than yesterday. Carmen, the first Chilean winery, reinventing itself since 1850. Find out more at Carmen.com. From our Save On Foods Wines of British Columbia studios, it's BC Food and Wine Radio. Now, here's Anthony Gismondi. I got you, moonlight, you're my starlight. 
Hello, British Columbia. Shout out across the province on this cool November weekend on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Our next guest is very cool. Jack Kemp's the winemaker at Therapy Vineyards on the Niramata bench. She has all the fruit in the barn, as they like to say. Jack, welcome back to the show. How are you? Uh, doing really well, thank you. How are you doing? Uh, I'm I'm fine. I'm surprised at sort of how how fresh you sound on the phone today. Uh, I think that's got a combination with how cold it is out there and, and the fact we have all our fruit in now. So pretty ha- yeah. happy winemaker this way. Well, uh, of course, we know the, the vintage is only just beginning, but getting the fruit in is always is always a good idea. Can you give us an update on, on what's happening and uh, the finish and then maybe a little bit about the whole season as it rolled out? Absolutely. Well, yet again, we've had a, another very challenging and, and interesting harvest this way in, in Canada, and uh, it definitely has, has made us all think again and, and work together as an industry to get our fruit in. We had a very late start for picking and uh, then a prolonged season and then a very quick finish. So we had a lot of fruit in the valley come in pretty much within, a, would say, a good two-week period. So we had whites, reds, all coming in all, all at the same time, all at different levels of ripeness. Uh, and then a few days ago, we had a very cold snap and people are actually picking ice wine. Um, last night. So a, wow. a pretty amazing harvest. Pretty, <laughs> I think you find most of us are uh, <laughs> really over, over the moon to have it, have it all in and pretty amazed that we could actually achieve that. So a, a huge congratulations to the whole of the industry for, for working as hard as we yeah. did. Well, I can imagine there's always an issue about space when everything comes in all at once at the end uh, and it's not orderly. Absolutely. And uh, therapy opened its doors to a few wineries this year because there was just no space in, in all the wineries so we've got uh, some wines coming in for, for other people just uh, to free up some tanks for them so they can continue on with their, their wine skis as well. Yeah. I, I, I love how collaborative the industry is uh, when people are uh, in need or in, in stress or something's broken or they need an extra tank. Uh, it's so great the way that people cross lines and uh, pull together so they should be congratulated for that. Our guest is Jack Kemp. She's the winemaker at Therapy Vineyards. And today we want to talk about uh, sparkling wine. Actually, we want to get an update. And, and uh, Jack, maybe I, I shouldn't say there's some any confusion, but let's talk about your sparkling wine, the name, uh, the Boyd's, the therapy, the silhouette. How, do, how does it all come together for your sparkling wine? Well, we have more than one winery uh, owned by the, by the Boyd family. I, I wear a hat for therapy as well as Silhouette, the state winery where our sparklings are made. And this, the region here has, has always been strong um, in sparkling wines because we can produce the crop level we need and, and it's a sustainable way to produce grapes here. So uh, the vineyards, again, performed a little bit more difficultly this year for us, being slightly in a cooler area and we got hit by some winter damage. But uh, we did get some good, really good fruit come off for our sparklings. And uh, also we received a, a pretty special award for our 2018 Blanc de Blanc at the International Champagne and Sparkling Cha- World Championships in London. So we, we are definitely going strong in the region for sparkling and producing sparkling wines here. And, and again, it's about the collaboration. Uh, we've yeah. got a big, a big collaboration group across Canada being led by Belinda Kemp and the, the Physio or the Phys Club 
of Canada, yeah. which definitely helped. So that's, that, <laughs> Without that, their support, we wouldn't have made these wines. No, that, that collaboration is like sharing information, much-needed information amongst wineries about, about sparkling wine, I would gather. Absolutely. And all facets a, of it. A, from all over Canada, too, and, and we tend to, or we used to before uh, we, we got locked down here, head out as a group, a Canadian group, as a winemaking group overseas to, to learn about international sparklings as well. So mm-hmm. the, the region's definitely set up for making sparkling, and I'm very, very proud of, of us for the fact that we've done so well overseas. Even though it was it's a bronze medal, you always want to get a gold, but it's, it's on an international level, and I, I wasn't really expecting a gold at this stage. Yeah. Uh, well, I think the wine's terrific. Uh, I actually thought... Braun sounded chintzy to me, but, uh, uh, you know, competition's <laughs> tough everywhere, so, uh, you know, that's the way it is. Hey, when you say uh, we have what we need here, so, so okay, you're making Chardonnay or Pinot Noir. What's the difference between the Chardonnay and Pinot Noir that you make in still wine and the ones that you're using in the sparkling wines? Isn't it the same? Is it different? What What do you need from, from the region to make sparkling wine? Well, at this stage, obviously, you could, you could talk about different clones or, or different different uh, backgrounds for Pinot Noir and Chardonnay, but the, the clones we're using are still still wine clones at this stage at Silhouette for our sparkling wine. So really what that's about is about sparkling is very much about texture, not so much the fruity, fruit-drivenness of, of a wine and right. also being able to grow those the, these grow, grapes at a, at a, in a climate that can hold on to acidity, uh, yeah. especially malic acid. So the region's perfect for that if you've got the right conditions during the summertime where you've got those cool breezes coming off the lake cooling down the vineyards and holding on to acidity so that's the that's the big part for sparkling is acid without that acid you, you you're just not going to make sparklings that, that can sit on an international level so i think we we've got everything going here for us and i'm pretty excited with the amount of sparkling yeah. coming out of bc now well, I think you should be, and I think if I lived in Champagne, I wouldn't be worried if I lived in Champagne. But when you're number one, everybody's coming after you. And and if we say, if we go back thirty years and look at all the people that are going after Champagne, trying to make a wine at that standard, uh, a lot of them are getting very close to achieving that uh, in many different places. So, uh, they, you know, they don't have that chalk terroir, but they you taste these wines, and it, it, it's exciting to see how close we're coming to perfection or at least expressing the, the highest we can get out of our grapes. Let's talk about your two wines. I want to talk, uh, you, I want to, you to walk our listeners through the, uh, the uh, Cuvée and the Blanc de Blanc and tell us uh, about these two wines that you're making. Actually, you've got a rosé too, but we'll stick with those two. <laughs> Absolutely. The, the wines that we have out at the moment are both from 2018 and are both predominantly Chardonnay. So the Blanc de Blanc is 100% Chardonnay and the mm. Classic Cuvée is, is, is mostly Chardonnay. So these were obviously the first attempt for me to, to make sparkling. I'm not a classically trained sparkling winemaker in any sense. So uh, this, was, this was pretty much our, our goal is, is to set, set the the standard but moving forward so the classic cuvee 2018 is a little bit more fruit expressive um, than the blanc de blanc the classic cuvee has been on lees for just over 18 months uh, sits on lees in bottle um, just to develop a little bit of character a little bit what i call biscuit um, 
character coming through, whereas our Blanc de Blanc was on Lee's for almost, well, just over three years. So a bit of a difference between the two. Uh, classic cuvee, obviously being fruity, the Blanc de Blanc showing more textural and biscuity notes to them. Both pretty proud of them. Uh, 2018 was a tricky year to be making sparkling. We had some smoke in the region, so we had to be very, very careful not to get any form of smokiness coming through in those wines, and, and we yeah. were lucky we, we don't seem to be to showing any of that at the stage. Uh, well, as I said, they're terrific wines. Uh, people, th- These are wines to contemplate. You sit down and open them and uh, enjoy them slowly. Uh, what what would you say? You said it was kind of it was your first stab. Would you change something now, or just tweak, or what? What were you happy with? What might you look differently at the next time you make these wines? I think when I was because this was my first year, and at this stage, I hadn't actually been overseas with the Fizz Club. Um, it would be the malic acid, the acidity of the wines. I probably would have tried to grow that a little bit different, more canopy, less less sun exposure on those grapes and I just right. definitely learned that in, in 2018 um, that that was probably the biggest step forward from 2018 moving into 2019 is just making sure that the grapes get covered a little bit more actually a lot more just to make, maintain our, our acidity and our malic acid and just to drop the fruitiness of the wines the wines are quite expressive in, in a fruit fruit sense and I think putting when I when we put them on an international stage, that was probably a comment that came through from the judges is that there was probably too much fruit in those wines for, compared to the French style champagnes. Yeah. So that that was a really positive note for me to go. Okay, well, that's a fair call. We're, I'm used to making still wines and being expressive with fruit. I need to take a step back and yeah. be more expressive expressive on texture. Too much fruit. That means you get too many customers wanting to drink it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's a, it's, it's a always such a hard. it's a two-edged sword, right? The more the more sophisticated <laughs> right. you make it, the smaller the crowd is who loves it. But uh, that that's a good comment from them. Uh, okay. Uh, lastly, the wine. The last time I saw the wine was down at uh, District Wine Village. How can we buy this wine? Uh, what's the easiest way to get it? Uh, the best way to get that would be through our website, which is www.silhouettesellers.ca, and yep. you can buy our wines online now. Okay, and just get them shipped out directly. Love it. That's great. Yeah. Uh, well, it's been great to catch up with you, Jack. I, I know that uh, <clears throat> you have lots of work to do in the next two or three months, but at least it'll be indoors, and uh, you'll have more control over some things than uh, just standing outside and hoping it doesn't rain or snow or hail or sleet. <laughs> That's right. You should have seen us a couple of days ago trying to bring in some, some red wine when it's just, it was just so much snow coming down so we're, we're all happy we're inside now probably why we're we've got a bit of a boost of energy going on yeah uh well such a great place to be in naramata even if you're snowstruck now or at the winery and you can't move you're still in naramata and that's uh, not such a bad place to be absolutely beautiful this way thanks jack uh we'll hope to see you early in the spring and uh, maybe have a quick look at some of these new wines uh coming out of the 2022 vintage and uh, catching up with some of those sensational 2020s we've been tasting around the province absolutely looking forward to seeing everyone thanks so much jack we'll see you uh, soon and uh, keep well you too that was Jack Kemp. She's a winemaker at Therapy Vineyard on the Naramata bench. You can check them all out at uh, therapyvineyards.com. Still to come, Kaylee Barr. She's the assistant winemaker at Checkmate Winery. 
Hey, our show is available weekly on 20 radio stations across British Columbia or on demand on all the major podcast platforms, including Spotify and Google Podcasts. This is BC Food and Wine Radio. I'm Anthony Gismondi. There's more to come. This is BC Food and Wine Radio with Anthony Gismondi. Your wine collection is your pride and joy. Years of searching and selecting has merited you an enviable list, but it's time to find a new home for some or all of your wine. As the only auction in Canada dedicated to fine wines and spirits, Iron Gate Auctions offers collectors a safe, inexpensive way to liquidate their collections online. They are experts in the field with the knowledge and acumen to maximize the return on your assets. To find out more, visit irongateauctions.com. Take a break from the hustle and bustle of the big city and relax in the beautiful and peaceful South Okanagan. Enjoy fantastic wine and culinary offerings throughout the region, including 180 of BC's finest wineries. From Summerland's Bottleneck Drive to the Naramata Bench to Okanagan Falls and Skaha Lake's Heart of Wine Country, down to Oliver Asuyus Wine Country. For community information, wine regions, and more trip inspiration, visit SouthOkanagan.com. It's time to create new memories in the South Okanagan you remember. Discover the good life right in your own backyard. Destination, the Watermark Beach Resort in beautiful Asuyus. Featuring spectacular views of Asuyus Lake, walking distance to shops, plus dining at the Watermark's very own 15 Park Bistro. And make sure to book your spring and summer travel now to avoid disappointment at the South Okanagan Resort that defines easy living. Visit watermarkbeachresort.com for full details and keep up to date on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The Maipo Valley is a -a one-of-a-kind spot for Cabernet Sauvignon. Since 1850, Carmen, the first Chilean winery, has been recognized by the most prestigious publications for their innovative capacity to produce wines with identity, while at the same time remaining open to reinvention. For Carmen, it's not enough to be first. It's about being better than yesterday. Carmen, the first Chilean winery, reinventing itself since 1850. Find out more at Carmen.com. From the Save on Foods Wines of British Columbia Studios, it's BC Food and Wine Radio. Now, here's Anthony Gismondi. Here we go back, this is the moment, tonight is the night, we'll fight till it's over, so we put our hands up like the ceiling can't hold us. Hello British Columbia, shout out to Bounce Radio, Port Nelson and all their 19 cities across the province listening to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Our guest is Kaylee Barr. She's the assistant winemaker, checkmate winery on the Golden Mile Bench. It's her first time on the show. Give her a big welcome. You're welcome. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. You you, you look very happy to be here. Is that because you've escaped the cellar? Or exactly. Just, yeah. It's nice to see some sunshine. Yeah. Well, now you're talking to thousands of people, so, you know, here we go. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, Checkmate is a fantastic place. Maybe let's just, just talk about Checkmate for a second. Where is it? And if people are looking for it, how would they find this winery? Sure. Well, it's a gorgeous, massive, bright white building on the very top of the Golden Mile Bench, just past Oliver, just towards the south Yeah. Um, on Road 13. And is it finished? It is 99% finished, just finishing touches at this point, but okay. it's looking fantastic. So open for visitors. Uh, all that's done online, I think, now or ahead of time. Is that right? Exactly. Or? We like to take bookings for the most part just because our experiences are a little bit longer. Yeah. But we are open for visitors um, and all the main areas are completely finished. Well, Winemaker Film again is a good friend of the show, uh, but we're going to ask you what's going on there at the moment because I know that he's away. Uh, so it was kind of fun to... Uh, 
learn a little bit more. Can you, if you were to explain sort of the ethos or the being of Checkmate to our listeners, what would you tell them about the winery and the production, like what it is you're doing down there? Sure. Well, we're um, we're focused mainly on Chardonnay, but we also do Merlots. So we're doing we're producing eight Chardonnays a year and four Merlots. The Chardonnays are we do five uh, single vineyard. Uh, wines yeah. as well as two blends and then we do a small production uh, natural wine called bears move um so essentially on both the chardonnay side and the merlot side all of our wine making techniques are almost identical for all of the wines and we're really trying to express the vineyard sites the terroir the, yeah. the difference in clones and climates and all of our sites and you're drawing from both sides like from the east and west sides of the valley and right down to the border we are. It's incredible the diversity in such a small geographical region with all of the different slopes and soil types. Yeah. And Any ways to, to sort of talk about the east versus west at all? Does that make sense uh, when we talk about the valley? Definitely it does. There's a incredible difference between the two soil type. We have much more uh, limestone and clay on the, on the cooler side of the um, valley, and it's also uh, completely different ripening conditions. So yeah. those wines are coming a little so bit So I'm guessing like on the west side, you get the morning sun. Exactly. And on the east side, you get the long day sun. The long day sun. So those so, wines will always come in quite a bit earlier for us when we're picking. Yeah. Maybe a little brawnier style, or, or you try to mute all that with... <laughs> No, we we With we allow it. and yeah. picking and whatever. <laughs> we um we're definitely staying within this, a similar style for all of the wines, but I find the the Chardonnays that are coming from the warmer side of the valley are a lot richer and yeah. spicier as opposed to our more elegant styles. I'm always impressed by the amount. Uh, I always thought that it would be too hot down south for Chardonnay, and yet your Chardonnays are very elegant. Uh, they have a, a really nice sense of place. Uh, so maybe, maybe heat is not the only factor when you're when you're making Chardonnay. It's definitely not the only factor. It comes down to uh, our viticulture practices and our winemaking practices. One thing that's really made a difference for us in the past few years is switching into organics, where we're seeing an incredible balance of acid uh, mm -hmm. with the changeover, as well as lower final alcohols, and it, it really lends to the Chardonnays. Yeah. Okay, so you brought a Chardonnay. We should talk about that. I don't want to run out of time because uh, Queen Taken is, is a is a very interesting wine. Why don't you give us a little hint about this? Now, you've been around for a while. Tell us your your version or your vision for Queen Taken. Absolutely. So Queen Taken is one of my favorite Chardonnays that we make. It's by far our most elegant style. Um, these This wine is sourced from an incredibly old vineyard planted in the 1970s, some of the oldest vines in Canada. The clusters are super tiny but incredibly impactful and concentrated. Um, it's floral, it's got a really nice white peach element, and it's got a really nice mineral background coming from the soils on that mm -hmm. climate. Is this uh, the Declaver Vineyard? or This is the Declaver Vineyard. Yeah, so it's right, it's, it sort of adjoins the winery on, on the bench. It does, right on site there. It's just a beautiful wine. The texture is amazing in this wine, and the depth of flavor for a Chardonnay. I know we, we were taken back. We had an in, incredible Chardonnay the other day from up north in Lake Country, and it's it's really impressive to see what's happened in the last 20 years. When we think about the, uh, I don't know, you were probably really young when we were all drinking <laughs> California Chardonnay, and we thought it was pretty good stuff, but it was nothing like this. So congratulations. It's a delicious wine. Oh, thank you. How, how did you get involved in wine, or how, how did you develop your interest in wine? Well, I was actually born and raised in the Okanagan, so it's always been um, 
in a surround, I've always been surrounded by wine in some sense, and it's been a big part of my um, my family's uh, time spent together. We'd often travel to different wine regions in the world, and um, we've always spent a lot of time tasting in the Okanagan. So it, it came fairly naturally to me when the time wow. came. Wow! Can I join your family? Like Absolutely. They, they took you around <laughs> the world and tasted wine. Yeah, wow. they, they did. And then, so you got the bug. You went to school in. Uh, you went in Ontario to Brock. I did do the Brock program. I was already out there doing my uh, my biology degree so it just made sense and uh, came back here as soon as I graduated was it easy after biology to to do the winemaking or just uh, different or it, it was a bit different in some it was a, a much more practical application of the science and it really involves a lot more art yeah. and, and other factors so it was a it was a very cool application it seems like a fantastic equal opportunity business now for women like we see a lot more women in the business especially making wine uh, do you find that or that you're you have more colleagues I do find that um, I work with tons of women, and uh, it's it's so lovely to see. And I know they say that women have a better sense of smell, so yeah. naturally that lends to winemaking. Yeah, well, I, I I have no doubt they're better tasters. I mean, I've been tasting with them for years, but I think you know, just historically and anciently, I mean, you know, the old stories. Really, when you talk about it, these were the women were the people that tasted the berries and everything to make sure their kids didn't get poisoned. Right. And so they've been tasting for a long time with interest. Uh, and so I think that's part of the development of their their palate. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about the experiences because uh, visiting the winery now, the wineries, by the way, we've been talking about the Reno for years with Phil, but it's finished. It's so beautiful inside. So what, what, what can people uh, expect if they visit the winery and take a tour or get an experience i guess right so you drive right onto the top of the hill there's a gorgeous view all the way down the lake towards the border and you can see almost all of our vineyard sites from, from the, winery. the the winery which is incredible very cool. um very we're very lucky to have that so often we'll take you for a quick walk down our pathway where you can get a look at all of our estate vineyards mm-hmm. uh, we like to take people up through the cellar get a little peek at production and our tasting room is actually overlooking the production area as well so it's definitely part of the storytelling um, that our, our tasting room associates are able to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and do I get to taste Chardonnay or Merlot or both, or is it you you customize it? Or we'll customize it. So the the great thing that we're doing uh, currently is the the Grand Master tasting. So that's an entirely customizable experience, and it's also allowing you to go back into our library of wines all the way down to 2013, our first vintage. So. Mm. Um, based on availability, you can look at uh, an entire vertical of one single wine, or you can do a little bit of mix of both, only Merlots, only Chardonnays. It's entirely up to you, and it's it's customized. It's, you know, you just sing that off like it's nothing. It's so amazing that this is now available for anybody to visit a winery like that, to taste a bunch of high-class wines from all the way back to 2013. That is a great experience for people uh, who want to uh, learn a bit more about wine, get a little more in-depth to it. Uh, well, it's been great catching up with you, Kaylee. Uh, and you're open now uh, seven days a week? or That's right. Do you never sleep, or what, what happens there? No need for sleep. No need for sleep. Okay, well, thanks so much for joining us today on, uh, on the show. My uh, pleasure. It was a great pleasure to meet you. Thank you very much. Kaylee Bars is the assistant winemaker at Checkmate Winery. Uh, our show is created at BNN Bloomberg 1410 in Towndown, Vancouver. And it's available on the radio or on demand across all the major podcast platforms. This is BC Food and Wine Radio, and I'm Anthony Gismondi. There's lots more still ahead. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network.
Penticton, the hub of the South Okanagan. A place to relax, take your time, enjoy our beautiful fall weather and a world-class wine and culinary scene. With over 80 wineries within a 20-minute drive, along with distilleries and cideries, eight local craft breweries, and a fantastic variety of locally sourced restaurants, Penticton is the perfect destination for a peaceful fall getaway. For details on wineries, tours, tasting room, and restaurant hours, and for even more trip inspiration, head to visitpenticton.com. Today's real estate landscape is fast-paced and complex. Now more than ever, whether you're a buyer or a seller, it's vital to work with a professional real estate company like Remax. Lean into their experience, local market knowledge, and connections. They are your market experts and are excited to help you make your dreams a reality. The right agents for today's market are at Remax, with offices in Summerland, Penticton, and Asuyus. Call or visit them at YourSouthOkanaganHome.com. The Inn at Therapy Vineyards invites you to get away for a luxurious retreat experience. Modern rooms overlooking the vineyards and Lake Okanagan set the tone for a relaxing and refreshing stay on the Naramata bench. Relax on your patio, soak in the hot tub, and enjoy a guided tasting experience in the Therapy Vineyards wine shop. Book your room or order Therapy Vineyards award-winning wines and have them delivered to your door at therapyvineyards.com. Because everyone needs a little therapy. The Maipo Valley is a one-of-a-kind spot for Cabernet Sauvignon. Since 1850, Carmen, the first Chilean winery, has been recognized by the most prestigious publications for their innovative capacity to produce wines with identity, while at the same time remaining open to reinvention. For Carmen, it's not enough to be first. It's about being better than yesterday. Carmen, the first Chilean winery, reinventing itself since 1850. Find out more at Carmen.com. From our Save on Foods Wines of British Columbia studios, it's BC Food and Wine Radio. Now, here's Anthony Gismondi. Hello, BC, and thanks for listening uh, wherever you are across British Columbia on the BC Food and Wine Radio Networks. Our guest today, we have two, actually, Taylor Whalen. He's the winemaker at Cedar Creek Estate Winery, and Neil Taylor, the executive chef at Home Block Restaurant, also located at Cedar Creek Estate Winery. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Great to have you here. Uh, always fun to talk about food and wine in, in uh, November. It's kind of one of my favorite times of the year. I know it rains a lot and it's cloudy, but I, I kind of like that's a good time for me to go to a restaurant and have a meal. And, Chef, I think you have a lot. You still have a lot of selection at that time of the year with the harvest. Definitely. I think it's, that's a really exciting time of the year for chefs is you know kind of moving to fall with you know wild mushrooms and game and there's lots of cool yeah. ingredients still out there so yeah it's definitely an exciting time lots of chefs would say it's their favorite time of the year to cook yeah. so yeah did, did you ever have a vision of what a, a winery restaurant was say versus a downtown restaurant or is it is it the same animal or how, how would you look at it yes and no obviously wine plays a you know massive you know kind of part of as to what we do at home yeah. and that's kind of the driver behind the menu and you know we, that's i would say that's the difference between that and a, and a yeah. standalone restaurant and you have a close-up view of wine every day perhaps definitely and, you know taylor and i you know talk about food and wine and you know we always bounce ideas off each other and yeah so that's definitely something that i've really i've you really listened, enjoyed you listen to a winemaker about wine and food that's well i, mean, I, call, I call the shots and the food <laughs> in the end but taylor, no, I, no in all seriousness no we have, yeah. we, have a, we have a great relationship and we we, we, we bounce lots of ideas off each other. Neil, Neil allows me to provide feedback. Let's yeah. Just yeah, totally. I'm always yeah. open for feedback. Yeah. Well, what do you think the most important thing is that you learned about wine uh, since you've been working in that environment that maybe you didn't know or 
or happy to know now? Honestly, I I, I, you know, I was pretty new. I'll be brutally honest. I was pretty new to the whole, you know, to the whole kind of food and wine thing. You know, yeah. even I've run restaurants and, and, and owned restaurants. So the whole dynamic behind it has been super, super interesting for me to learn as to, yeah. you know, how to pair things and what to pair. And, yeah. you know, and again, I, I, I rely on Taylor a lot for, for advice and, and, and things like that. So, yeah, the whole process is brand new to me, but it's something that I've really, really enjoyed. And I feel like I've got better and better at, at Do doing you, it. So Yeah, I, I don't want to embarrass you. Do you think, Taylor, do you... <laughs> Taylor, I don't want to mix you up. Taylor Whalen, do you think about, have you thought about food when you make wine at all? Or is it just, it's up there, but it's, I mean, it doesn't force you to make wine, but how, how do you deal with that? Yeah, you kind of, when you enter the winemaking process, you imagine the wines in a certain way, right? Like yeah. you have this concept of a wine as a finished product. Yeah. And me, for me, that concept is always with food. Like it's not people sitting around drinking it without food. Mm -hmm. It's people sitting around drinking it with food and how that interacts with the food. Mm -hmm. So yeah, acidity, tannin profile, uh, body depth flavor profile these are all things that are influenced when you're drinking the wine with food instead of without so definitely things that i think about yeah yeah okay uh i i want to know a little bit about the food I'm, i say the food program but so if i go to cedar creek obviously there's a restaurant there there's also tastings with food so tell us chef a little bit about how wh what you can do for people when they show up there and they're they're food and wine lovers so uh, for lunch, we do kind of a two-course paired lunch. So yeah. we'll pay your kind of your appetizer and your, and your main course with wines, for obviously all from Cedar Creek. And they range from our estate through to our, you know, kind of, you know, platinums and, and, and things like that. And then for dinner, we do a three-course, which again, we, we, we pair dessert at that point as well. And then we also do something that I find really, really exciting, which is what we call our library, platinum library experience, which is kind of library wines and platinum series wines and aspect wines as well now with that new tier coming along. Yeah. Um, and that's no choice kind of we we just basically pick the five wines we want and then we we base the menu around around those wines really that's really so that's, exciting and that's, that's seasonal kind of too i guess yeah then. totally real, real yeah. carte blanche for us and we have a real we have a lot of fun with that menu we have fun yeah. with all the menus but that one is a really a one you can kind of do some 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 things you might not normally do yeah it's a unique building inside and outside what what what's the spread or what happens i guess it rains everybody's inside but generally you have a lot of people outside on the deck too, this time or? of year it's everyone wants the patio like literally yeah. every single person that comes through and wants they the patio. want it at seven o'clock exactly table yeah, for you, four you got it yeah um but yeah. yeah, obviously we do our best with that. We we do it on a first come first serve kind of basis. Yeah, and then come kind of you know fall and, and winter, which we're op we're open year round, so we we go we go all the way. Yeah. Um, it kind of moves inside. But again, it's a really cozy dining room, beautiful views still, even when even when the when you're inside. So so, yeah. so you have to make a reservation for dinner, and then do you say I'd like to be on the patio, or or they just wait until you're there and there's it's, space? We we never promise it. It's literally a first come first serve. So yeah. if you want it, you got to be there at yeah. five o'clock or twelve okay. o'clock. But yeah. All right, uh, we're going to have a test here. You brought a wine. I'm going to ask you about a food after the wine. So let's start with the wine, Taylor, because yep. uh, I'm really fascinated by Jagged Rock Vineyard. So let's start with where is that? And... It's on Black Sage Bench. So it's this beautiful like pocket in Black Sage Bench where the people think of Black Sage as kind of running north-south yeah. from as soon as you enter Oliver all the way down to almost a Soyuz. But yeah. we've got this vineyard we call Jagged Rock, which is this big pocket that goes East, east into the mountains almost yeah and you've got these crazy rock formations to the north side of the vineyard yeah what you end up with was all these really nice slopes that face south with a lot of rock in them yeah and that's where the syrah comes from it's like the the northeast corner of that vineyard beautiful southwest facing slope it's with fantastic. heaps of stone yeah, yeah. 
And if you're afraid of snakes, don't go there. That's right. Yeah, we've, there's actually <laughs> there's a, a lot of them. They call it a hibernaculum. There's a, a rattlesnake hibernation ground in the back end of the vineyard. There, yeah, so, there yeah. is. Yeah. yeah, which is always interesting. But we save the snakes now. That's right. They're uh, doing. When their I part. started out, they were whipping around trying to kill them forty right. years ago. <laughs> no. Now, now we save everything. We realize they eat the voles, which uh, yeah. helps us. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, so you brought a syrah from there. Correct. Uh, how yeah. would how, what kind of a syrah would you say this is, or do we need to know the kind of Syrah is anymore, other than Okanagan. It's Okanagan Syrah, yeah. I mean, we can talk a little bit about it. It's definitely Syrah, in my opinion. You know, we're not making a big, burly Australian Shiraz here. This is meant to be on the prettier end, but it's still got some power to it, meatiness to it. There's dark, there's dark fruit characters. It's got some pepper. Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a really cool wine. Wild fermented. We only made eight barrels. Like it's a tiny little wine, 150 yeah. cases or so, but. I didn't even plan to make it. We brought the fruit in. We made the wine. We try and make everything as best we can. And looking at the wine on the table, I was like, man, yeah. this is a beautiful Syrah. We got to bottle this by itself. Which was a great vintage, 2020. Yeah. So yeah. makes sense to me. Yeah. bit rony. Yeah. I would say. Which I is, wonder if they're Which Rhone, is a compliment. Do you think in their own, do they say it's a bit Okanagan-like? Any a bit Okanagan-y? Yeah. <laughs> yeah maybe, <laughs> they could, maybe they're going to get there someday. someday. That's right. Yeah, yeah. If they know where we are. That's right. Delicious wine. Okay. So, Chef, you've just tasted the wine. What are you going to do with Jagged Rock Vineyard Saran? What can we do at home? Because we're going to buy this bottle and go home. Yep. What can we do? I honestly, I've done, I've done a kind of a, a full kind of salad. So we have got some some lightly smoked duck. So again, you know, duck and Saran are pretty pretty oh, yeah. good friends. Yeah. I got some preserved cherries. So again, it's kind of that that late fall kind of or that that late summer fruit that we kind of preserved. Yeah. Um, I've done some bitter leaves. So there's lots of like vegetable notes in there, and then a, a really vibrant beet birani, which is like a, a beaten kind of yogurt puree for the one of the maybe better description yeah um but yeah there's kind of lots of sweet and salty a little bit of smoke in there so again like a pretty i think a pretty dish with a pretty wine so yeah that sounds pretty good to me <laughs> you can, yeah and it's, it's 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 pretty easy like you can buy smoked duck breast yeah that's leaves, what i was gonna ask cherries, so and, yeah. i buy a smoked duck breast and take it home or yeah and do i have to cook it then or is it no like you can get it like fully yeah, you know, yeah hot smoked so it's kind of just slice yeah. and go so yeah wow what do you think taylor good think match for you makes sense to me yeah yeah yeah, Syrah is a good wine. Uh, Pinot Noir, that's another wine that people often uh, pair with duck. Do you think it's a good pairing with duck duck and Pinot? Or do you I, have yeah, a- we do it a lot at the restaurant. Maybe it's a bit overdone, but I, I like it. And, yeah. you know, my favorite is Pinot Mushrooms. I think that's, again, that's even that's, more classic, but oh I think it's, boy, it's great, right? So, yeah. Again, full food, that's what that's what we'll, we'll be yeah. doing lots of that in, in our uh, block. Don't you ever say that Pinot and duck is overdone again. Yeah. <laughs> don't let me hear you say that. I mean... Uh, the way I look at it is, if if you could get if you could get umami and just put it in the wine, then that was it. We could lose weight. We wouldn't eat. We just drink we the wouldn't wine. need the duck. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Because uh, often though, you get some umami in wines, and that's the money for me. That's the mother load. I love that that combination, that savoriness and the fruit, and same as you were doing, sort of with the duck and the sauce and the cherries and the yeah, just trying to get that well. balance right. I think is, is what cooking's all about for me, and I think the same for you, Taylor. Is yeah. Yeah, but getting the balance in the wine, right? That's right. You guys have a lousy life up there, right? Oh, it's horrible. Yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, we're almost out of time. So, how often do you meet to talk about food and wine, or is it just an organic thing now? It's yeah. organic. No pun intended. Yeah, yeah. I think I think you know, as and when we need, you know, I'll I'll have questions and yeah, yeah, we'll we'll you know, I'll email Taylor and be like, what do you think about this? What about that? Yeah. And then. He'll swing by the restaurant and we'll chat. And yeah, it's definitely more are of a, you an kind organic of, thing. Are you kind of eyeing the animals in the vineyards? For sure. Yeah. 
We haven't spoken to Kurt about it yet, but I'm on yeah. board. It's our viticulturist is a Kiwi guy who's yeah. got a real soft spot. Kurt, uh, he's worried. Yeah. yeah, he's got attachments to all the animals. He's got names for them all. On. <laughs> yeah, so well, that's his way of protecting. It'll have them. to be at night. It's yeah. going to say it'll have, have to be, be a secret night. mission. Yeah. I think. Yes, yeah. for sure. Sort of a coyote takedown. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. 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 So I don't know what happened to it. Yeah. It just went missing. Can't yeah. waste it. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Okay, Neil Taylor, he's the executive chef at Home Block Restaurant, Taylor Whelan. He's the winemaker at Cedar Creek Estate. Thanks, guys, for joining us today. Thank you. Well, that's it for today's show. Next week, we take you around the wine world for more fascinating discussions on wine, food, and the people who make it all happen. Special thanks to our technical producer here in Vancouver, Dwayne Bishop, our assignment editor, Sherry Caleb, and uh, director of operations, Stu Ferguson. We will be back here next week in our Vancouver studios on BNM Bloomberg, 1410 AM. For all of us at the show, I'm Anthony Gismondi, wishing you a great weekend and an even better week ahead. There's more to come. This is BC Food & Wine Radio with Anthony Gismondi.